Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome everybody. Happy Thursday to you. Happy Nando Thursday to you. You are listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host Al Melchior and yep, it is a Nando Thursday. Nando DeFino, how you doing today? Everything's great, Al. How are you? What's happening? Uh... I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm a little slightly flustered here because you know the the there's the countdown. I know that you know I'm about to come on the show here, and I'm furiously you know clicking between windows and monitors here and looking at the score sheet supplemental draft, and I've got a pick coming up before the end of the hour. And you and I were talking trade earlier in the day, so I'm I'm trying to keep all this straight while you know getting ready to do. Do a big show here. Well, you blew me off in the middle of the trade talks and said, "Save it, give me a save it for the show." Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's uh, you, I don't know if you can really. Oh, you know, so much busyness with uh, me and you talking about a trade, <laughs> like we were over the last four hours, going back and forth. Uh, you know, it's just you're like, "Hey, save it for the show," and I was off to do my own thing. Well, I, I hope you've enjoyed this fancy baseball hour, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Al. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's it's been a busy morning. Uh so even though it doesn't seem like it. Uh and you made a big trade and I will tell you so busy I didn't even have a chance to check this out. So what what's the the trade that you made earlier this morning? Um so in the in this league I guess we should give the background like it's 24 team league, a lot of great baseball minds. It's one of my favorite leagues actually because you can go super deep and you you know you can have uh, your closer can be whoever. I think mine's Heath Hembry right now. Um, as long as he's good and has good caper nine, whatever, whatever. Um, right. So uh, we're doing the supplemental draft right now. You get to two, two players every month. And um, people start swapping picks because, like, I'm, I thought I had a good team, and I'm trash. I just keep losing one-run games, and there's nothing I can do to fix it, really. Um, so I forget who it was, but I think it was uh, oh, Brett Gamble, um, who I think we're in a couple leagues with, was like, I need second base help. So I shot him a note. I'm like, listen. I got Jonathan Scope, who is a stud. I consider a stud and will cost you something. I have Dixon Machado, who's like at bats, but he's a good defender. And I've got Jose Reyes, so if you want to get like a half player for me and a half player from someone else, feel free. And so he wrote back, and he's like, you know, thank you so much. But, uh, you know, what's, what's your th- what's your, what are your thoughts on Severino and Scope? And in our league, you know, Severino's 24. He's a stud keeper, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that's the whole background. So over the course of the last 16 hours, uh, we came up with a deal that involved many players and then just whittled it back down to Scope and Severino. And I got back uh, Tatis, um, who doesn't cost us anything keeper-wise except for a minor league slot at the end. Uh, 16th round pick next year, which is really like a 6th round pick because the first 10 are keepers for everybody. Right. Um, Luis Gohara and Austin Meadows. Wow, so you're, you're, you're deep into the rebuild. But you know what it is like? I can move Zach Wheeler from my bullpen to the rotation. So, yeah, I lose a little bit off of Severino, but I, I like Wheeler. I think he's okay. So it won't be the worst and thing And he talked world. to Chaz Rowe here, I see, too. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. It's Austin Chaz Rowe. He wanted a reliever, so I'm like, take Chaz Rowe if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you know, good relievers, uh, you know, like half the major league closers uh, don't really have keeper value in this league. So right, definitely no keeper, keeper value there for Chaz Rowe. So, uh, well, we'll we'll talk trade a little bit, and you know, I thought maybe we'd get to it sooner, Nando. You know, and I'm sure you've seen the the rundown. Uh, and you know, there look like there's going to be no news to talk about today. Um, virtually no news. I mean, there's a Ryan Braun injury update, but that's I'm not sure that's news really. There's a no. Rich Hill, uh, fi- you know, finger injury update. That's that's just you know, just kind of built into the show. Um. But then in the like half hour leading up to the show, there's a, a few, uh, well, one really big news item, uh, Mike Soraka on the DL with the shoulder strain. That's a shame. 
it, it is a real shame, uh, and I've I've got them all over, so uh, that's not good for me. Uh, but yeah, no, real shame. You know, one of the more exciting call-ups that we've seen, and he is going to be replaced tonight. Was supposed to start tonight uh, against the Cubs, and John Lester going to be Max Freed instead. Uh, do you know who uh, Matthew Sussman is on on Twitter, or maybe even off of Twitter? I d- I don't. I don't think so. He's uh, I think he's still a writer for Baseball Prospectus, but uh, he he basically his his Twitter account is just puns. <laughs> it's just it's just puns. Uh and so when I think it was when Max Fried was traded from the Padres to the Braves and he tweeted something like, you know, very appropriate uh to send send him someplace where uh, you know all food is Max Fried or something like that. So so now I'm always in danger of calling him Max Fried. That sucks. When that gets inside Which your head like that? No, I'm sorry. No, I'm oh, sorry. yeah. Sorry, I was half paying attention because I'm not trying to look him up on Twitter to follow. Once you said all puns, I'm like, yeah, let me get him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good follow. Uh, so, yeah, Max Fried. No, but no, it's, it's really Max Fried. It does look like Max Fried, though. And you know, I, I think of, like, you know, Hush Puppies when, uh, you know, I'm looking up his stats. Uh, so, yeah, he's going up against Cubs and John Lester, and I uh, would assume he's going to be in the you know, rotation for a while now. I have not seen any sort of timetable on Soraka's shoulder strain, but that just does not sound like, you know, a minimum stay kind of thing. And you know, Luis Gohara has been okay in the bullpen so far, but, uh, he, you know, he had struggled in the minors prior to this. And, you know, so I think that, that – uh, Freed would really have to, you know, not be very good to open that window for Gohara. That would benefit me um, from six hours ago. <laughs> I think right. it's going to be Gohara. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm you banking think- on. I mean, I've, I've given up on Gohara retaining any kind of rookie status, so I'm hoping that he does just really well this year. Um, because why not? Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's that's totally fair. A uh, couple of other moves as well. Uh, the Orioles optioned Caleb Joseph and brought up Andrew Susak, who's actually in the lineup tonight for the Orioles. I guess they're basically looking to have a, uh, a catcher platoon because uh, Orioles are facing David Price and the Red Sox. So you've got Valencia in there. You've got Rickard in there. You know, you've got uh, Orioles have a lot of platoons now. And... Uh, so uh, I would imagine Susak will get some regular play against lefties with uh, Chancisco getting the starts against righties. Uh, also now opens up in very, very deep leagues the opportunity for you to rename your team, stuff your stories in a Susak. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> You're on fire today, man. This is great. <laughs> this is vintage Al. That's the last, you know, it's because I'm thinking of Matt Sussman and all, all his great Twitter puns. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, tell you what, Kelly. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you when you're on a roll, but so I have a, a hard and fast Twitter rule. What I do when I, I'm about to follow someone, I'll, I'll scroll up a little bit. And if after yeah. like, you know, three scroll ups, it's still from two days ago, that means they tweet too much and they'll be annoying. So Matt Sussman does not pass that test. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's that's an interesting rule of thumb, though. I can't. T- I, 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 like, I feel bad when I unfollow people, but like, if, you, if you're tweeting way too much, I just can't do it. Yeah, no, well, I, you know, I get that. Um, so, you know, better to, to know going in than, you know, to have that uncomfortable choice of unfollowing or, or muting. Right, and then you meet him in real life, and you're like, oh, yeah, I used to follow you. <laughs> you or you've muted them, you tweet too and much. they're like, remember that thing I tweeted the other day? And, and, <laughs> and, you, and then you have to say, you know, uh, yeah, no, my projection for the rest of the year is 260 with uh, – you know, double-digit power. <laughs> Al, uh, you know, you should get a RotoWare shirt that says that. Oh, God, that's a great idea. I think it's about time. Oh, okay. I love it. <laughs> yep. That's that's, right. that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. Everyone else has that RotoWare right. shirt. Why not, Al? <laughs> well, I, I did see... Uh, I don't, I don't think this is a, a shirt that actually exists, but I saw they tweeted something out. Uh, I think it was, you know, spring training, maybe opening day time-ish. Uh, it was something about, you know, like uh, Al Melkier, it's a can of corn, you know, because of my corny jokes, apparently. Oh, all right. I don't find them yeah. corny. 
Uh, Nando. <laughs> but we'll have to, to get you on the show more than once a week now. <laughs> uh, the other uh, catcher news I was just going to get to, uh, Carson Kelly to the DL. It was like he was barely up. And uh, in his place, and of course, in my, my little chicken scratch notes here, I just wrote Barron. I think it's Steve Barron is the uh, catcher that the Cardinals have called up. But, uh, yep, that is correct. I remembered the uh, backup to the backup's name. So Steve Barron coming up uh, and Carson Kelly on the 10-day DL with a hamstring injury. So that does not necessarily sound like a quickie either. No, it does not. So uh, that is uh, unfortunate. Let me get oh, to you know what? other. Ow. Yeah, yeah. I could be Blake Swihart time. Yeah. Don't you think that the Red Sox would at this point sell him pretty cheaply? I mean, they're really, I just don't think they have any leverage. I don't know. I mean, their leverage is we'll just keep him on our team. You know, if someone gets hurt, yeah. then he, he's our backup catcher instead of our third but, string you know, catcher. I don't think Pedroia is far from coming back. And you know, part of what they've, they've kept him on there to, to be is a, a utility guy. And I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, read some, I don't know yeah. how much longer they can do that. Pedroia's coming back, and I think they said it came down to Holt or Swihart, and Holt still has an option remaining, but how do you option Holt the way he's playing? Um, right. But at the same time, like, what, what do you do? I mean, I think you just – I think this is going to be one of those instances where they invent some kind of injury, um, you know, and someone goes on the DL, and it makes life easier for everybody. And like, oh, Brock Holt out. strained a uh, knee. Just sure. happens to be the day Pedroia is ready to come back. Yeah, it's weird how that happens. Yeah, it does, right? It works itself out just the right time. Yeah, it does. I had, I'm trying to remember who I had on the show, and they said something about things working. Oh, it was Trent Rosecrans, and he said something about uh, some roster crunch situation with the Reds, that it'll, it'll just work itself out. And I told him that was the unofficial motto of the Fancy Baseball Hour. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all true. Uh, well, while I'm on a roll here with catcher news, uh, the Nats have announced that Matt Wieters underwent surgery yesterday uh, to repair his left hamstring. That report coming from Masson. Don't really have anything else on that yet. Uh, did mention to have some updates on Ryan Braun and Rich Hill. According to MLB.com, Ryan Braun says he's far more likely than not to go on the DL. I have not seen the move yet, but if it hasn't happened yet, I'm sure it's going to happen soon. And, and better news, Rich Hill threw a bullpen session and says his finger is, uh, feels fine, and he is expected to start Saturday uh, against the Nationals in Washington. That according to the Orange County Register. Craig Council says he expects Chase Anderson to uh, pitch on Monday at home against the Diamondbacks, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And this is a pretty interesting story, Nando. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, I think he said this, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused, actually, about where the source from, because I saw this on, like, a, a Detroit radio station website, but then it was on MLB.com, so I don't know if he said this on the radio or what, but apparently uh, Miguel Cabrera said, I am done playing through injuries, and he's going to take his time coming back uh, on the DL now, initially with the hamstring injury, but uh, hurt his back during the rehab process, so apparently he's he's done with all that and is just going to take his time. I mean... He's a little older. I could see that maybe he's just kind of saying for his long-term health, um, yeah. you got to be concerned about this. But it's a rebuilding year. Why not look ahead to 2019 when that team's going to be – I mean, it's showing signs of life. And the pitching staff, you know, Matt Boyd, have been awesome under the Chris Bosio tutelage. So, you know, that's a, that's a team that's had deep pockets before. Maybe he makes some sense. Like, why go out there, aggravate things that are just going to keep popping up, have a terrible season – when you could just say, all right, I'm going to, you know, give me two months. I'll come back strong. And then next year I'll be a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, from a fancy perspective and probably from the Tigers perspective, that's a good thing because, you know, last year we were sort of left scratching our heads because yeah, he was hurt a lot of the year, but he had this high, a very high, hard contact rate. Looked like there were some good signs there, even though the numbers weren't really there for Cabrera last year. And then this year he's hitting for average, but, putting the ball on the ground a lot. And so, you know, if he's banged up, especially if he's got back problems, it's totally understandable that he's not going to be launching as much. So why not just get him fully healthy? Because I think a fully healthy Miguel Cabrera is still 
uh, one of the top first basemen. We just haven't seen that in a long time. Especially a rested and healthy one, like one who didn't just go through the grind of 162 games. You know, he played 80. Right, right. So, yeah, it's a, it's annoying if you're a Cabrera owner. And actually, I had somebody ask me today on Twitter if they should drop Cabrera for Olsen. And I'm trying to remember who the other first baseman was. Oh, it was, um, uh, shoot, the uh, the guy with the Nationals. Uh, that's uh, Matt Adams. Yes. <laughs> Shouldn't take that long to remember Matt Adams. So, uh, and I, I, you know, I said I, I'd be a good idea to get Olsen on your roster. But I'd be really reluctant, even in a shallow league, to drop Miggy at this point, because, you know, I do think if he's healthy and rested, like you say, that you're you're going to regret it. So Right. And he could have just been saying a lot of stuff out of frustration, too. You know, like he then today's like, I apologize to my teammates and the fans. Of course, I'm going to work hard and come back as soon as possible. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I don't think he said it in, you know, the vein of being frustrated and, you know, being, you, you know, sort of uh, I, I can't think of a better word than pissy. And I should be able to think of a better word. <laughs> But you, you get the idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, we got just a little bit of time here before we got to head to break. So uh, a quick look at weather, and it should just be a quick look, because the only game that looks like it's in danger of a delay or cancellation is Cubs at Braves. Uh, again, that's Lester and Freed. A 46% chance of rain at game time, holding pretty steady throughout the night. So um, you're probably not looking to start Freed anyway, but if you're starting Lester or any of the hitters in that game, Keep tabs on that and uh, a bunch of lineups out uh, out, uh, right now, but uh, you probably can't really do this justice uh, heading into the break. I will just say, as I mentioned before, Orioles facing David Price, so they've got their standard versus lefty lineup out. Same deal with the White Sox against Cole Hamels, so you got Trace Thompson in there. Um, I'll take a look at some of these other ones after the break, and Nando and I will talk trade a little bit as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. It is Nando Thursday, so Nando DeFino is here with yeah, me for yeah. the whole hour. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Nando and I are going to talk a little bit of trade on here, although Nando's probably going to be cranky about it because I, I, I made him wait like four hours. Sorry, Nando. No, it's okay, Al. <laughs> I was just messing with you before. Ah, uh, yeah, you did a good job. I'm pulling up. I got to pull up the... Uh, the king's page though so i'm ready to go i, I got yeah well I've, I've got it pulled up but i gotta toggle over there in a minute but uh i'll give you a minute to look here because uh we'll talk here just for a moment about uh mybookie.ag if you play dfs and you haven't tried playing mybookie.ag player props then you're missing out their player props tool allows you to avoid sharks winning 90 percent of the money in dfs invest in the players that you want and without salary caps Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Go to mybookie.ag, open a new account, and enter the promo code FNTSY, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. Often a player, let's say Mike Mike Trout, for instance, will be chalk at DFS and be 80% owned in tournaments because everybody thinks the play's obvious. Don't be a loser. Don't eat DFS chalk. Be a winner and play the mybookie.ag player prop. Plus, you can access the one sport not yet touched by DFS, the sport of kings. Of course, I'm talking about horse racing. So it's simple. Number one, go to mybookie.ag, open an account. Two, enter the promo code FNTSY and receive your 50% deposit bonus. And then three, click the player props tool, choose your player prop, and collect your winnings. That's mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY. That give you enough time? 
I'm good. I also to, just uh, discovered I lead I lead the league in shutouts. Wow. Yeah, and I got an email from Scott White who was upset that I traded Severino, but I won't trade him Berrios. So, huh. that's my update. You know, well, it's funny because when I, I was looking at trade possibilities, and I should get over on that league page as well, um, Berrios was somebody I was looking at too because I thought like, okay, well, you, you like Herman. I guess, yeah, we should back this up because we haven't given the context here. So we're having this supplemental draft that Nando described very well in the first segment of the show. And uh, with my first pick, I got Domingo Herman, who I like very much. And I've talked a lot about the last couple weeks on the show. And then you emailed me and said something like, uh, I'll give you anything for Domingo Herman." <laughs> it was a little hyperbole. <laughs> so like, it wasn't meant to be read literally, but yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, again, we're going back to the the last show, Nando. You know, where I'm the gull, the gull mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Does Nando really mean anybody? <laughs> uh, so I thought, well, you know, Barrios had a great start the last time out, but uh, you know, maybe you're not that high on him. So I thought about that, and it's like, no, you know, if you if you need, if you want pitching, keep Herman. Uh, and I do want a little bit more pitching. Uh, because I, I mean, I've got depth in terms of numbers in this league, but I'm a, a little bit iffy beyond my, my top starting pitchers, uh, here. So I've got Corbin, which I'm very happy about. I'm very happy that, you know, Luis Castillo is turning things around, but Luke Weaver, I'm really down on Marco Estrada has been a little disappointing so far. Tyler Anderson, I like well enough, but not sure I want him as my number three guy. So Herman, you know, might slot in nicely there, but I could also use some first base help because I'm over, uh, I'm over yonder. Ha ha! And uh, yeah, I've, I've worn that one out. All but right. It, but it actually applies in this case. <laughs> and uh, I could use Suarez or Anderson to first base because in score sheet you can use any infielder at first base without a penalty. Um. And also with uh, Carlos Gomez on the DL, I'm pretty thin in outfield right now. So I was kind of thinking outfield first base, which is why I floated back to you. What about some sort of deal involving either Hanniger or Crone? Now, I think Herman for Crone is pretty close because even though I really like Crone, I know you really like Crone. Yeah. I think you would agree that could be sort of 50-50 that this is legit, but maybe not. And Hanniger, obviously, I'd, I'd have to give you more. I, that that that's my assessment of it. I love I, on the show yesterday. We we're, were talking about Hanniger, and I was kind of confused. Like I I thought everyone was all in on Hanniger, and I thought he had kind of vaulted himself into like top twenty five outfield. But the yeah. values that we were talking about, I, I think I'm way too high on Hanniger. Now that's a bad really? thing. I think I'm I think I'm higher than most on Hanniger. Uh, but I also well, can't get like, an outfielder. Oh, in this in this league, this situation, you can't do that. Well, you know what? When when I was talking with um, with Gamble, it was it was like, look, I I can sell, but I don't want to field any AAA players. One more thing: if you don't know, if you're not familiar with score sheet, if you don't have enough players during the week, they fill it in with like catcher AAA, which is like below replacement level, terrible stats. Um, so I didn't want to be that guy who, when you're playing, I have like three, you know. First baseman, triple A, pitcher, triple A, catcher, triple A in the lineup. I still want to be able to feel the lineup so it's still fair. I mean, this team isn't bad. Even if you make that – with that trade, if Gahara's up in a couple of weeks, this is still not a bad team. I think I'm just bad at score sheet. I think this is a great team. <laughs> I'm just not a very good – I'm not Michael Salfino. Well, but uh, – I mean, you said you've lost a bunch of one-run games. I mean, yeah, that can be – bullpen construction that can be your your bullpen settings yeah but also can't that just be just you've had a, a sort of an unlucky first fourth of the season maybe i think so look last week i lost four to three and i won six to nothing then i lost two to three two to three then ten to seven and zero to four <laughs> i yeah i know those weeks it's sad it's so frustrating i don't know where the runs for runs against column is but it's not I don't know. Anyway, the point is, I didn't want to completely blow up the team because I think it's still pretty competitive, at least. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, like, I just didn't want to give people all, like, automatic wins. My rotation's still Bundy, Barrios, Wood, and Odorizzi. I'm going to stick Zach Wheeler in there. And Miguel Castro, our boy, might be starting soon. So I, I still yep. like, I still like my rotation a lot. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you, you had depth to trade from there and, you know, getting, you know, one of the, the best prospects in all baseball. I mean, that was, you know, like I said, it's, you know, you're in full re- rebuild, but yeah, given your pitching depth, that's, that's not really the case. You may have just built up your, your farm system uh, while leaving yourself, you know, I mean, look, you, when you lose Severino, you're, you're losing a huge piece, but you do have some, some good depth to fall back on. And now I got Fernando Tatis Jr. and Vlad Guerrero Jr. in my farm system. That's amazing. And Bubba Starling. <laughs> and Bubba Starling. Yeah. And, you know, Luertas Guriel, he retained his rookie status, at least for now. So he's in there. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking of bringing that up on the show. I, I don't really understand that move and having Gio Urshela play shortstop uh, at all. Um, I don't you know, know. There must have been something they really didn't like about uh, Guriel. I, do, because, I assume uh, that they brought him up because maybe his defense was good. And uh, that's a team that has not a lot of strikeout pitchers and induced contact. And maybe like Guriel will be right. a superior defender. But I mean, apparently not. If he's sitting 208, they probably knocked him down because he's sitting 208. That's the only thing I can think of. Right. But Urshela's batting, you know, granted, I mean, he's only been up, I think, a few days, but, you know, batting, I think, 150 something. He didn't, you know, I. I, to be honest, I didn't even know he played shortstop. I know he's a very good defender at third. Um, maybe he's a very good defender at short. But, um, yeah, weird move. Very weird move. So, I mean, is there, there any possibility here? I mean, so you can't move Hanniger. Um, let's see. Yeah, you, yeah you're, uh, you got Martin on the DL, yep. Garcia, Avisael on the DL. So, yeah, okay, you're, you're strapped there. Rymel Tapia but, uh, just toiling in the minors. And yep. Magnurius Serra just not getting a shot like he should. Right. I don't know how much longer the Marlins are going to stick with Lewis Brinson. That's another head scratcher. But uh, you do have uh, some depth at first base. I mean, aside from Will Myers being on the DL, you've got your, your uh, Yuli Gurriel. You've got the complete set. Yeah, I did. I got Gurriels. both Gurriels. Collect all Gurriels. <laughs> That's what I have in Tout Wars. I have the <laughs> complete set. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Would you do Crone for uh, for Hermon straight up? I think I would. Here's the thing, Al. The, the way you just spoke so eloquently and poetically about how much you like Hermon, I'm going to feel bad when he turns into the next Luis Severino. Like his minor league stats are Luis Severino, <laughs> and his his velocity's yeah. there with Severino. Like the only thing that's different between him and Severino, I think Hermon just like slight uptick on the walks, and um, just a very slight like maybe a nine point nine to nine point six K per nine difference. Um, in Caper Nine, but that's like that's it. And I'm sure there's other. You can't just look at numbers and be like they're the same person, uh, because that's not a way to go about life. But I think there's a lot of of telling stuff that come out of minor league numbers when they're that good. Like if they're okay, if it was like a three point you know six zero ERA and a one point two nine WHIP, but these guys have like elite minor league numbers. And uh, Hermans compare very favorably to Severino. And I even went and checked the the velocity, and the velocity compares somewhat. I um. I feel bad if I have like Herman like five years from now and dangle it in front of you. And CJ Crone's a part timer from Milwaukee. Yeah, that would be depressing. But Milwaukee, on paper, huh? but right now people are probably like, "No, you're an idiot." CJ Crone's side wins that deal by a mile. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Like I said, and it, look, it was one of my uh, bold predictions that he would be a 35 home run hitter this year, and he's actually on pace to do better than that. Yeah. So. Well, his um, going back to minor league. There's numbers, reason he's, to think it's legit. His batting average, I think, is legit. I think he's he's almost got a little Jed Jerko in him, and I hate to invoke the name of Jed Jerko, uh, you know, somewhat flippantly, but CJ Crone had a very high batting average in the minors and had a lot of power in the minors. Um, so I, th- I think you're going to see a guy who can hit a legitimate 280 with power instead of like a 240 or, or 250 guy. Well, you know, I had an interest in Crone coming into this year because he finished last year with a lot of power but you know he he's uh you know kind of a repeat of the story that we're seeing over and over fly ball revolution increased launch angle uh a big big change in the in the pull rate and that's something you know that you know you put those things together and you don't necessarily have somebody who's going to hit for average anymore now he's moderated the pull and the fly ball tendencies this year and hitting hitting all those home runs anyway so in a way with that bold prediction I'm looking right, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> you know, 
this is this is actually a better version of CJ Crone than the one I predicted because he's moderated his batted ball profile to somebody who actually could hit for average and he's not completely selling out for power. But then it raises the question, well, if he's not doing that, then where did all this power come from? Did he just really become, you know, stronger or develop a better swing or, you know, and I'm not sure that I trust that. Well, he matured. And he's on a new know. team. And he's on a new team. I mean, look, new organization, new outlook, new hitting coach, new instructors, new team. I mean, we, for all we know, the Angels were like, hey, listen, man, you know, choke up. And uh, we need you to, you know, you're, you're, you know, maybe someone on Tampa Bay said, look, your, your foot, you're raising your leg too much. Just do a foot tap. I mean, I haven't read stories on it. I'm speculating. Um, mm-hmm. Something like that probably maybe happened. If this is for real, it could be something as simple as that. Like maybe he's like back. Well, maybe he's back more in the batter's box. Well, I guess I'll have to read up more on on those theories. I feel like our trade talks are stalling here. And I'm sorry. Uh, there's a lot of show left. No, not not your fault. Um, I'm basically looking for a way to segue into the next thing because it's it's about first baseman. Oh, and I have, I have this this very you know slight window opening right now. To, to get to that next topic. Go ahead. If you want to do the deal, Al, if you want to do the deal, I'm in. I'm in for the deal. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna do what I do with, I think, like 80% of the deals I'm offered, which is I'll say, I need to sit on this for a couple of hours. I need <laughs> right. to wait more. And then if we, so. do, if we do agree to it, um, I'll do what I do with all the deals. I'll say, all right, I'll, I'll put it in the system. You blast the league with the email because those are the rules of score sheet. Right. Well, so, yeah, so basically I make that move. Right. So I, I think your trading partners appreciate that. That's it's, you know each each of us take on the responsibility. Yes. All right. Well, I, I'm I'm going to sit on it and then uh, and then maybe I'll uh, wait. Which order is it? You you blast it out. I will. Well, I, I like just doing it in the system, and then you blast yep. it out. Got got it. Got it. Okay. All right, so now I know what the deal is, and I just got to figure out what I'm going to do here. But um, moving on, very smoothly here silky smooth into the next uh topic here on the the uh rundown first base is not good uh <laughs> cj crow's obviously an exception to that he's uh, i think like the fourth ranking first baseman in terms of roto value right now um you know we've we had the you know big uh you know depending on how you define a big four big five at the, at the position and uh, Votto had a terrible start, but he's, you know, pretty much back to where you'd expect him to be or, or it's, you know, getting close to it. Freddie Freeman's everything we hoped and dreamed he would be. But, man, Goldschmidt, Rizzo, what uh, what do you do with these guys? You just hold on to them and hope. I think, that you have no choice. Like, these guys have such long track records that – look, Rizzo, the only one of these that I kind – of, well, Encarnacion, I think, picked it up last year. And if you look at his stats, you'd be surprised at how good they were last year if you were thinking that Encarnacion wasn't good last year. Rizzo, right. though, does have a couple seasons. And granted, it was early in his career um, where he did not do well. He hit a lot of doubles, didn't have a lot of power, and his, his average was low. Um, I don't know if he's reverting back to old ways or if something's wrong. Um, but, I mean, Rizzo does have like, just those little, little tiny things in his past that um, you could point to if you wanted to come up with an excuse. But my gut reaction you know, this is just is, hold. This is like uh, Laurel and Yanni, because we're looking at the same <laughs> stats and we're seeing something totally different. I guess because it's vision, it's more like the the blue dress, gold dress thing or whatever. But um, you know, I look at Rizzo and I think, man, this guy's just got to be about the most consistent hitter there's been in the major leagues for about the last four years. And and so my interpretation of that is his back must still be bothering him. How do you go from being that good and that consistent to this unproductive? Sure. I'll get 100% get behind that, too. I just didn't want to give the boring injury. Maybe he's injured. If, if you want <laughs> something different. for me to drop. <laughs> yeah, Al, that's the kind of guest I am. <laughs> All right. But he did. Uh, I, I just so, looked it up. In 2013, he hit 233. And he had 40 doubles. Right, but you know, to the now superimpose the CJ Crow narrative on him, he matured. <laughs> Not saying he didn't. I'm just trying to help you find. <laughs> Forget it. I don't want to do the trade anymore. Oh man, I blew it. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we we got to head to break uh, uh, again. That that came quickly, but uh, 
Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt too. You know, you look at him the the last uh, you know close to twelve months. Uh, you know, going to the latter part of last year and striking out a lot more. So that's concerning. It's hard to just sort of dismiss that as uh, well. Let's just wait and see and wait for the improvement. So, but then you do you've got the next tier: Bellinger, Hoskins, Olson, and then a little further down, Jose Martinez. Just a lot of first basemen who are not uh, living up to our expectations. And it looked like it was going to be a stacked position this year. So. Uh, maybe we'll get back to some of those guys. I don't know. I'll think about over the break while I'm also thinking about the trade with Nando. So uh, stick around. Who knows what we'll talk about when we come back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, sitting right next to me here is uh, Nato DeFino. Yes. Well. I'm sorry. Yes. Know, for, virtually speaking, you're, you know, a <laughs> couple thousand miles away, actually. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, so I have uh, an injury update. Another one, a new one for you. Uh, it's going to affect the slate tonight. Uh, before I do... You love drafting your fancy team. Imagine drafting a real professional team. The Fan Controlled Football League is bringing fancy sports and Madden franchise mode to a real football field. Fans will scout players, draft rosters, hire coaches, call plays, and more. The FCFL will feature eight professional teams playing seven on seven, fast paced indoor football in a high tech production studio built for a digital audience. This is the next generation of fantasy football where fans get rewarded for dominating through the league's proprietary fan token. So to learn more about fan token and the FCFL, visit fcfl.io. Uh, the big news here, uh, Cole Hamels has been scratched with a stiff neck. So that's Doug no Fister's good. Been moved, not good at all, no. Uh, so Doug Fister moved up, uh, going to start against the White Sox and James Shields tonight. Um, I got to think that the White Sox must have changed their lineup going from lefty to the righty, but uh, it's still showing the version I'm looking at still showing Trace Thompson. So we'll see if that uh, that changes. And I'm not really seeing a whole lot of lineup intrigue out there, but I'll talk about a couple of them. Uh, The Braves, again, that's uh, Max Freed pitching against the Cubs and uh, John Lester. Uh, Tyler Flowers getting another started catcher. Seems like. Kurt Suzuki's playing time is, it seems like it's plummeted. I should probably look at that, but it just seems like Flowers is getting a lot of starts uh, while he's while he's hitting well. Just go with what your gut tells you. All right. If that's that what it feels good. like, that's what's happening. That's, yeah, but it must be true. And uh, Joey Bats <laughs> uh, back in the lineup uh, against Lester, batting seventh. And the other lineup, uh, the Phillies, you got Scott Kingery in there at shortstop. And uh, your Phillies outfield tonight uh, is uh, Altair, Odubel, and Hoskins. So, yeah, actually, nothing much to see there. Pretty standard lineup for the Phils. Uh, Matt Carpenter batting seventh again for the Cardinals after a three-hit game for him. So maybe that's maybe that's working for him. Uh, all right, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, we were talking about first base before the break. I'm not... I know we got a lot to get to, and it's just I'm not sure I'm going to be able to unlock the mysteries behind what's wrong with, I mean, Matt Olson homered last night. Seems like he's coming around, but Hoskins has been disappointing. Martinez is not really hitting with the power. Um, 
I don't know, but I still... Okay, I mentioned four of these younger guys. Bellinger, Hoskins, Olsen, and Martinez. Um, I, I, I still am holding out hope for all of them. And I'd say especially Bellinger because we got almost a whole season last year where he was... You know, remember, it was like him and Aaron Judge, like neck and neck for a lot of that season. Right. I, uh, I'm i with you on that one. It's Matt Olsen. I'm not with you on not being worried about all of them. Uh, I think Matt Olson. I'm just a little bit... I could be off on if you wanted me to be. Um, but Matt, Matt Olson's my, probably, yeah. probably my, my candidate of those to... Um, I don't know. He's, his, I think his power is totally real, 100% real. But the average, I think, could stay down. and Maybe that'll get him stuck in a mental rut, and that'll kind of mess him up. That's sad. Well, I'm just I'm speculating like a jerk, but, you know. That's what we do. Yeah. And that's what I do every day on this show. So, um, But 220 and 28 home runs, that's a catcher. You know what I mean? Like, they're a better first right. baseman for that. Yeah, that's, that's Robin Chirinos with an uptick in playing time, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, and i you know it seems like that's a consensus too on olsen um and i get it because he's not a great contact hitter um we'll see yeah we'll see i i hold out hope for all of them somebody that i did not have much hope on speaking of catchers too to just really tie this in one one neat bundle evan gaddis um you know, right at the moment where, you know, when people were asking me questions and it was just like, you know, trade them, sell, 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 drop them even in a in a shallow league. And he is starting to come around. He homered again last night against the Angels. He's now up to four homers. I mentioned a little statistical tidbit on the show. I think it was yesterday, Nando, that he had the highest pulled fly ball rate in the major leagues and wasn't getting too much bang for that buck. So I don't know, maybe, maybe all those, you know, all that... Uh, pulling for power is, is paying off. Um, I, I am intrigued at this point. Just intrigued? Yes. All right. Oh, so, well, okay. So what, what's the implication there? That uh, no, no, good time to, good time to, Oh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think now is the time to pounce. I don't like, I, I, okay. I think a lot of people in, in the fantasy game, you know, kind of, Oh, you know, let's wait a couple weeks and see if this is for real. And by then everyone will be on them. So, uh, you know, I would, I would actually jump on that right now. I think you can get it at a discount before he truly heats up. Because he's another guy yeah. who's had a couple questionable seasons in his past. Um, and maybe someone's like, like last well, year. here we go again. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, it's a very different scenario than Rizzo, where, you know, you have a guy who really struggled his first, what, year and a half uh, up in the majors and then clicked. Uh, you know, whereas Gaddis, you know, was sort of like a very early peak with the Braves. And then, you know, more of kind of an up and down trajectory since then. Right. Uh, and with the most recent season being being really disappointing. So uh, that's why it's, yeah, why I'm just merely at the uh, intrigued level with Gatt- Gattis. Maybe we need to have like a an intranog, in, how do you even say it? Intrigue-nometer? Azer <laughs> um, would be proud. On Gattis. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm still kind of in the middle. Uh, is it time to pounce on Matt Carpenter? I just mentioned uh, his three-hit game from yesterday with a couple of doubles. So he, he is hitting with the power, but he's still batting, I think, 160. Um, so you think he gets right with being down in the order and moves up and everything's great? Or, you know, a lot of people worry about him health-wise, um, you know, looking really, uh, you know, pretty rigid uh, defensively. Uh, you know, he's been working at third base. So, uh, what you know? Are you more worried than encouraged with with Matt Carpenter? I was never um, big on Matt Carpenter, and I kind of came around to him uh, in a couple leagues this year because of the, their OBP leagues, which is the most unexciting way to play. But um, I did, I did look. I warmed up to a degree for an OBP league where he'll get you that, and then some runs scored because they're the Cardinals. But I, I think if you're looking for a guy who's going to hit for power and steal bases, then no. I can see him getting right with his average and his on-base percentage, but that, that's to me that's kind of unexciting. All right, yeah. Like, like approach well, approach at your own risk. Know what you're getting into, but if you know you're getting into someone with a high average, high OBP, uh, bunch of doubles for points leagues, then yeah, it's great. If you're looking for, you know, Matt Carpenter's going to hit a bunch of home runs, then no. You know, and, and I, I have been big on Matt Carpenter and for a long time, and I think kind of well past the point that a lot of other people liked him because – he had that profile that you just described and then sold out for power. And I kind of held out this hope, like, 
one of these years we're going to get the best of both worlds from Matt Carpenter. And this never really happened. And then there's been all these health issues. Yeah, the health issues, like whatever. It's still just not exciting. I, I would rather bet on Matt Carpenter not having power than him having power. Yeah, that seems to be uh, much more a consensus. And it's not a sh- um, yeah, I know it's not an earth-shattering statement. But well, for I mean, for me, it kind of is. That's not something I I've said real often. Uh, Yasil Puig looking real bad. Uh, another O for he's down to two O two. Um, I don't know, you know, if he's a hundred percent. I'm not really sure what the the issue is there, but um, he was somebody that I actually drafted quite a bit this year, and it was not by plan. It was just sort of I, I, maybe it was an artifact of of not liking the number two and three outfielders very much, and he just kind of hung around a little bit longer than I thought he should have, and so I I pounced. Gotcha. But obviously, it's not it's not working out. So how how invested? Should I remain in Yasiel Puig? I think if he never got hurt, um, you and like you said, I, I think this is just him maybe coming back too early, maybe shaking off some rust. Uh, I like him a lot still. Against better judgment, I still like him. All right. Well, yeah, I just think he's, again, there's there's not enough depth in the outfield to be kind of cavalier with your, your number two and number three outfielders. Right. Especially your number two outfielders. So right. I'm with you there. A uh, whole bunch of really good pitching performances yesterday. Some of them, you know, not all that intriguing, really, like Justin Verlander's just great every time out now. Uh, Garrett Richards, though, uh, also, you know, not quite as good as Verlander in that uh, Astros-Angels game, but seven innings, uh, no earned runs, two unearned runs on four hits and a walk with four Ks. And, you know, he's got a very high, uh, especially for him, a high strikeout rate, Richards. But I don't really fault anybody who, has trouble striking out the Astros. So I, that doesn't worry me. But his, I think it's uh, three starts in May, not very many walks, a 2.9% walk rate, and in April, a 15% walk rate. So <laughs> big, big change there. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's obviously been up and down and somebody who's had his share of arm problems, but uh, you, you think Richards is, is genuinely breaking out right uh, before our eyes here? Yeah, I think he was about to, and then he got hurt. Um, when he had that crazy uptick in velocity, I wasn't, I, I didn't believe in it. I thought it was, you know, one of these situations where a guy's bullpenning and throwing hard in the bullpen. And then when it gets back to being a starter, it's not going to stick. It'll go down another couple of miles per hour. Um, but, but he proved me wrong, man. I'm, I'm all in on Garrett Richards. That's one of those, even if my gut's telling me no, like my brain and everything else is saying, yes, the it's, it's for real. <laughs> um, here's something interesting, Al. Some a guy in one of yeah. my leagues is trying to pry you Darvish away from me, and he offered me uh, Garrett Richards and Tyson Ross, and I said no. Really? Yeah. Oh gosh, I would jump on that. I don't know, man. I still believe in you, Darvish. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a little. I'm a little soured, uh, and I think he'll be better. I think he's going to get to a point where he's going to be better, but I don't know that he's going to go deep into games regularly. That he's going to have a, a a good walk weight walk walk rate or whiff. Or whip even, which is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like that offer. I just can't. You know what it is? So, really, it's Tyson Ross. I know you're a Tyson. Yeah. Ross. You like the brothers Ross. I can't. I, I don't like Tyson Ross. I'm I'm on the fence about him this year. I like the classic Tyson Ross a lot. The 2014-2015 version. Sure. This version's okay. I think he's more of a streamer though. Yeah, That's, just, he's good as he's good throwing. Yeah, but I just, what am I going to do with him? That means I got to drop someone I like. Like I like that team right now. It's it's a head to head league. It's five and zero, oh, I think, or five and one. I don't want to mess with it. It's what our uh, our friend and cor- former colleague uh, Scott White would call contextual extra credit. Yeah, <laughs> I miss Scott White. Let's get him back on one of these yeah. shows. I yeah, and I think the last time you said that, I said I'll definitely do that, and, and it hasn't happened since. So I did try to get him on, and then uh, we, we we couldn't uh, couldn't sync it up. So I, I need to try again. Uh, just a few other pitchers, not really much to say here. Uh, Trevor Bauer, Jay Happ, both uh, scoreless performances. Bauer for eight innings, Happ for seven. They both got 10 Ks. Didn't walk anybody, almost matching lines. Uh, and I, I'm pretty much bought into both of those guys. Nick Pavetta, pretty much bought into him too. 11 Ks in seven innings, one run against the Orioles, granted. But I think they're, you know, they're a good strikeout opponent, but they're a power hitting team. He's a fly ball pitcher. And I think that was a you know not necessarily an easy test for Pavetta to pass, and he did. 
But the to me, the intriguing matchup was Bartolo Colon and Christian Bergman last night, <laughs> uh, both going seven-plus innings scoreless with not many strikeouts, as you would expect. Uh, so any interest in either of those guys? No, I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> That's not how I not play. Not even with two starts for uh, Cologne next week. One is the Yankees, Yankees and Royals. He'll know. No? I guarantee you he'll know who the Yankees next week, Al. Just I thought put, you were the Royals. <laughs> no, I <laughs> know. That just seems like something that will happen. Like you would think that the Yankees will hammer the crap out of them, and I could just see them that not happening. Getting no hit. Yeah. Well, I I don't even know if Bergman. I mean, with that performance, you'd think somehow he'll get another start. I'm not sure if that was one and done for him. Uh, but I did think it was interesting that he threw a whole bunch more changeups than he has typically in the past. It got six swings and misses out of 28 changeups, so that's a little interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm not running out and picking up uh, Christian Bergman just yet. So uh, speaking of Bartolo Colon at his two starts, there is a maybe a a bigger collection of two-star pitchers this week that I'm interested in. Um, so I know we've only got like four minutes here, so we'll get through as many of these as we can. So there's Cologne. There's Walker Bueller versus the Rockies and the Padres at home, and I realize he may not be a guy just hanging out on waivers. That might just be more of a start-sit decision. Uh, Chase Anderson at home against the Diamondbacks and Mets, coming back uh, from injury. Zach Wheeler, who you just mentioned uh, a little while ago, Nando, he's got the Marlins at home, the Brewers on the road, Jordan Lyles at Washington at the Dodgers. I guess we'll stop there. So Bueller, Chase Anderson, Zach Wheeler, Jordan Lyles, anybody either interest you or uh, waving a big big red flag in front of you? Uh, Bueller, I think um, maybe the buzz has worn off a little bit, and now is the time. Like you said, he might not be on waiver wires. Maybe you can get him for – Tyson Ross um, and definitely Zach Wheeler I think really Zach Wheeler and Steven Matz uh, to me I think are kind of like just kind of little gems just below you know not as, not to be stupid and say a gem in the rough but I think just they're right below the surface no one's paying any attention to them no one's really taking up their cause and saying you know you need Steven Matz you got to pick up Steven Matz or Zach Wheeler I think he's finally come into his own um, but yeah definitely Wheeler um, definitely Matz even though he didn't say his name and I think I take a shot on Bueller. <laughs> I think Bueller's a longer play, but I mean, for two starts, why not give it a shot? All right. And no interest in Jordan Lyles after the near uh, perfect game against the Rockies? Yeah, I think it's a coming back to earth kind of thing on its way. All right. Uh, and then, all right, here's the remainder of them. I think we got about a minute and a half here. <laughs> I'm Miles sorry. Miles Michaelis. No, not your, not, not your fault at all. Uh, Michaelis gets the Royals and the Pirates. Uh, Pirates on the road, but that's a good venue. Hellickson, this one, this one interests me a lot. Hellickson uh, at home against, or I'm sorry, at home against the Padres, but on the road against the Marlins. You know, not flashy at all, but, um, you know, very consistent and with a couple of good matchups. That to me is like a just low-hanging two-start waiver wire fruit right there. It's still a little scary. I mean, he is known to blow up. I, I agree with you yeah. taking the shot, the smart shot, but that's a guy who can he can hurt you pretty bad. Yeah, and that that occurs to me too. And as much as I like Andrew Kashner um, and pretty decent matchups here at the White Sox, at the the Rays, I think I'll pass on that. Trevor Cahill, Mariners and Diamondbacks at home. I think that's more of a wait and see thing for me with Cahill. Although, then again, I certainly like him better than Hellickson, So. Uh, and then finally, Jake Faria at home against the Red Sox and at home against the Orioles. That one I think I'm definitely passing. I'll be with you on that. All right. Happy to get the validation. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's all we got for this hour. So thank you so much for tuning in. Nando, thank you very much uh, and for being uh, a, uh, a patient trade partner. Anytime, Al. Anytime. All right. All right, so I'll be back same time, same place tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody.